Hey y'all, this is Nobody coming to you before the show with just a quick programming note. We had some pretty serious technical issues with this episode. Uh, our primary recording audio fails, and the backup, well, it's uh, something went wild with that. It's very tinny, kind of sounds like we're coming to you through a 1940s radio, and uh, I wasn't really able to adjust the volume, so I'm quieter compared to Chloe than I usually am. If that sort of teeny audio is a problem for you, this might not be a great episode, but if you can handle it, then everything we say is still perfectly clear. Uh, maybe pretend it's a time travel episode, I don't know, maybe that'll help. But otherwise, I uh, hope you enjoy the show, and if you choose not to listen to this episode, then we'll catch you next week. See ya. Welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. My name is Nobody, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal on Etheria. It's Chloe. How are you today, Chloe? I mean, aside from all the bullshit last week, doing alright, I guess. We live uh, in a dying world, and only action can save it. Does that sound familiar? We, we do indeed live in a dying world, and only action can save it, yes. <laughs> roundabout now that I'm starting to think maybe we need eight foot tall warrior ladies with swords to, you know, <laughs> just do a, the, a little bit of treatment. Yeah, we, 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 need, we need eight foot tall lesbians to lead the, the resistance to actually have people start like throwing rocks and Molotov cocktails and stuff. Exactly, exactly, yes. Uh, in Minecraft, that's all parody. Don't come after us. <laughs> <laughs> of course. God, it wouldn't surprise me at this point if like Molotovs are actually just an item in Minecraft. I know, like, flame charges are a thing that you can, like, toss, but I don't think that necessarily really... You wouldn't really call that a Molotov. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't played Minecraft in a very long time, so I can't help you there. Well, I'm now Googling Minecraft Molotov. <laughs> uh, I see a bunch of fan mods to add Molotovs. <laughs> It's, uh, God, Minecraft has so many fucking crazy-ass mods. Yeah. Uh, I don't... No, okay, no, it seems like it's just mods. I don't think there's actually an official Molotov cocktail in Minecraft. <laughs> but is... Come on, Terraria, you gotta have one, though. <laughs> Terraria's got all sorts of shit. Yep, okay, there, there we go, Molotov cocktail on the official Terraria wiki. Yep, okay, I was right. Nice. <laughs> I mean, Terraria is fucking buck wild with all that kind of stuff. They just, they just like don't give any shits. It's like it's, you know, it's like hey, it's like a fantasy world, but eh, who gives a shit? Yeah, <laughs> you can have I mean, like that's guns. the way to be. Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, um, the listeners won't have noticed any disruption because we recorded a bunch of episodes in advance. But for us, it has been just about three weeks since we recorded. So, uh, anything new or noteworthy happened to you in that time? Uh, well, I mean, I finally actually went to a Pride event for the first time. Nice. Went with my, yeah, went with my roommates to the one at, oh god, I always fuck up the, <laughs> the square. I think it's Blueback Square over in Hartford. It's like, it's basically, it was a small event. It was like back on uh, 
the Saturday the 25th for like it was like a six hour thing but it was really more like they have like their like center stage at like a like four-way crosswalk kind of deal right like right outside of like at Barnes Noble that they have in that area where it was a bunch of like uh performances there like you know drag performances and also some musical performances and the like roads like the, the streets like branching off of it were just like kind of small at times like there were some that were like a couple food vendors and like some that were like you know just like normal vendors but most of them were just like little like i guess like agencies for like uh people's rights there and everything trying to like help spread the word and everything about issues and whatnot didn't didn't appreciate that there was one for the fucking republicans just sitting there which everybody definitely was just giving a wide berth because this was the fucking little day after roe v wade got killed that is so, so weird. yeah yep yeah i don't know I guess who's ever in charge of who actually attends to these things and has, like, booth space doesn't actually give it enough of a fuck to realize they should not let people like that back there. Cause, yes, yeah. God, yeah, no, bad. We were, we were only there for, like, two hours, though, because it was, like, we got there at two, and, like I said, it was, like, a six-hour thing. So we were like, we'll go at, like, round two, and, you know, maybe we'll stay, depending on how big it is and it, for the rest of it, but it was, like, it was a little small, and... Honestly, it was also, like, 90 fucking degrees, so if we were, like, yeah, by, like, around, like, 4.15, we were, like, all right, I, I, we're all ready, right? We're going good, good, and we're, like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. We, we went home. Yeah. No, but it was, yeah, no, it was still fun to be able to go with not only just, like, with other people, but also to see a bunch of other people with, like, different, like, pride flags and everything and be, like, okay, this is at least a good amount of, like, solidarity after the bullshit of the previous day, where yeah. it's, like... It felt nice to be like, okay, there are other people out here <laughs> that <laughs> realize just how fucking vile things are kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I yep. also went to Pride for the first time, so... <laughs> Yay! That's, uh, that's the theme this yeah. year, I guess. Yeah. The one you went to, at least, seemed like it was way bigger, though. Yeah, so I went... My partner and their wife came up, and the three of us went together to Toronto Pride which is um toronto is like famously the gay city in canada it's <laughs> I, I don't know how far that goes <laughs> but like it's there's a 20 i don't know what i'm saying i haven't done a podcast in too long i can't talk anymore <laughs> <laughs> there is a year-round gay village it's just the gay village it's mm -hmm. several city blocks down there so that's of course comes alive um we ran into the uh, abolitionist pride march completely by accident, and that's pure like no corporations, no cops, nothing. It's it's the yeah, far it's, it's 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 just people being like, you know, fuck all the like people trying to profit off of this kind of people. Yeah, and that was really cool, Be like because it was so much a. Uh, a collectivist movement so to speak there was no like barrier to entry and like we got to march with that for a while they, they didn't like give us a second look when we jumped in it was great and, yeah no, that's really cool yeah and then later in the day we went to the real thing and it was kind of a nightmare i'm not gonna lie how <laughs> <laughs> so well different things are gonna work for different people right i'm not gonna pretend like I'm not 
a convention person, for example. Mm -hmm. I don't like crowds, and booths don't super interest me. But uh, yeah, I, I, I was kind of that same way. Like a lot of like the the like obviously yeah, I get that like the like uh, advocacy for human rights kind of people that are at these different booths are doing good work and everything. But mm -hmm. it's like. I, I kind of don't need to hear the spiel from them of like why they're trying to like sell me on that stuff because it's like I'm already there. I already, I already, I'm, I, I know that stuff already. Everybody, yeah. it's it's bad out there. Well, but yeah, absolutely. But for in my case, for instance, we never even saw the booths because the parade was so big and so packed that we just couldn't get to that area. Hmm. I, I have a video that I took from that event. And it's just me panning around the four corners of that street intersection. There is nowhere to walk. It is like sardines in a can, but in the streets. Hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess that just means that, like, like yeah, like it was just jam packed full of people, right? Like there was just you couldn't actually see anything at all, really, besides just the mass of people. Honestly, kinda, yeah. Uh, I was able to get to the front because uh, my metamor is exceptionally good at navigating crowds, and if you follow her, then she'll just get you to the front, no problem. <laughs> so I did have a pretty good look at the parade, but it was just, I would say, nightmarish, given that COVID still exists. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't stay super long for that, I'm not Yeah, that, 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 that. That that was also, I guess, like a benefit of the one I went to, kind of being a bit smaller. Like we, like it wasn't hard for us to find like a spot in like shade of like buildings to hang around to like watch some of the performances and stuff. But it's like, you know, like I get that most people are not gonna wear a mask at the outside, but like we at least like all were masking into our time, like like Sam and Austin and myself. Like they were, I, I think it, I think they like realized that like. I think they put masks on kind of for my benefit in a sense, just because, like, I'm the one that's, like, still the most, like, I don't want to say obsessive about wearing masks, but I'm, like, I'm definitely the one that has them. Like, I have one dangling from my ear whenever I, like, leave the apartment all the time for when I need to put it on. I mean, yeah. And they can see that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel like they wore them the entire time just to, like, be, you know, to, like, have that bit of solidarity of me kind of deal, but it's like, yeah, I get that most people are not going to be the same, <laughs> but yeah, it turns out, still a fucking pandemic going on. Still bad. <laughs> the one thing I will say for it, so, Toronto Pride is enormous, I've mentioned, but because it's so big, it, there's pretty significant amounts of corporate pride like, that's why they needed an abolitionist pride parade, was just because of how overwhelming the mm -hmm. rainbow capitalism is. So, uh, you know, even despite that, it really seems like it was much more... It was aggressive, is what I'm trying to get at. It was mm -hmm. less rainbows and partying and more intense, this-is-important sort of a feeling. Yeah. And sure, yes, Adidas had about a hundred people there <laughs> flaunting rainbow shoes, but Great. <laughs> uh, there were way, way, way more furries in the furry brigade with a commandeered military truck. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. God, I, I would, I would have to also imagine that, like, it's, you're probably kind of dying in a fursuit in oh, the summer, no, right? Yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. 
even <laughs> up here it's been weirdly unseasonably warm so we were definitely in the 90s that day yep <laughs> it definitely was also 90 that day too because i mean that was that was saturday for both of us i think right yeah that was sunday for me actually oh sunday okay no one day off but yeah it's yeah. it's been fucking hot around here too not great but yeah it, it was nice got to go to the uh oldest gay bookstore in canada so Ooh, neat. that's probably a thing that's more interesting to me as an avid collector of books, but still. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we like, we kind of dipped into the borders, but really more to cool down. And also because uh, I had my bronze search in and I was like, I was like basically like kind of like took Sam as I being like, hey, Sam, I need to get these things out because I'm just fucking dying with them in. <laughs> can we please go into the borders to cool down and also so I can go into the bathroom real quick? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Turns out boob sweat is terrible. Boot sweat with things inside of your bra is way worse. <laughs> <laughs> eh. uh, yep. Kind <laughs> uh, of think if anything else really happened. I mean, uh, I mentioned in the general chat that I like went and actually got a like vision test done for the first time in like five and a half years yesterday, and I ordered glasses. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, of course, like, it being glasses, they're still going to take, like, a week or two, even with having ordered them online rather than picking them up from a place, because glasses take a while to make and get the right stuff in them. So, I mean, obviously, I don't have them yet, but it's good timing because the pair that I kind of wear just hanging about at home, I kind of had the bridge break a little bit. <laughs> like, it's still intact, it's just that at one part, on, like, the left side, it's not attached anymore. <laughs> But also these glasses are from like 2014, so oh, they would yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh. Well, that is good. Yeah, I mean, you gotta replace them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the major thing is really not having insurance. I would cover glasses for like... Uh, God, how long? Fuck. Uh, I mean, the entirety of and like my previous job in North Carolina at the bare minimum... I'm trying to remember if I really... No, no, I definitely did have coverage at the previous job, and I think at the first one, too. Cause, I mean, I definitely did go to the dentist with those, too, so I must have had it. I just never got around to it for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I finally did it. Glad yep. to hear it. <laughs> tur tur turns out you never get used to having fucking eye droplets put in your eye that uh, help dilate your eyes. This way the doctor can like see into the back of your skull or whatever the fuck they do. <laughs> it, that that still sucks. <laughs> That's still unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially because they're like, once it's in, you need to blink rapidly. And it's like, <laughs> my eye is not going to do that. Sorry. As much as I'm trying to will my face to do that, my face is telling me, fuck you. <laughs> because it's got water or like a droplet of stuff in it it's not gonna it's not gonna work <laughs> but i mean it, it did it enough that she was satisfied at least well, that's good to hear yep and also also of course like just getting glasses online is way cheaper because like most of the pairs that they had there were like <laughs> two and a half hundred dollars to three hundred dollars and meanwhile i was able to get three pairs for 80 bucks through sending so maybe i mean obviously it's a little bit more of a gamble just because you can't really fully see what the glasses will look like on you even if they're like uh 
thing where they have you take a picture of yourself and then like move your head from side to side to be able to see what the glasses look like on your face it's definitely still not the same it's actually seeing them on your face in a mirror yeah for sure yeah um i also had a sort of a medical intervention this week um you might recall that I was waiting for a psychiatrist visit to reconfirm diagnosis of ADHD mm-hmm. after my GP decided she wasn't comfortable pushing forward since my meds weren't working. Um, right. That was this morning, <laughs> which is nice. I mean, I was told it was going to be in August, but <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was definitely something. It was like an hour and a half of an interview for her to just go, uh, yep, it's ADHD. Go back to the regular doc. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, hey, at least they confirmed it, even though you kind of already knew, right? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. It's... I, I... I've realized that there are issues with basically every part of mental health services, but it's just so frustrating to... To have to wait for months to get to the psychiatrist to be told the thing that we already knew, so yeah. we can keep experimenting with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's um, that's happening. I guess it's it's moving forward, and we'll see if hopefully I can make any kind of progress this semester. <laughs> Because if I well, don't, I'll have to drop out. <laughs> oh, no. Well, hopefully things go better. That would be nice. <laughs> yep. Because, yeah, like to, have, like, to have done all that involved with, like, actually fully moving to Canada and everything, and only to have to drop out, it's like, it's a, that would be such a bummer. Yeah. But it's much, like when I, it's much like when I moved to Japan, and then it only worked out for, like, half a year because it was just, like, yeah, no, this job is definitely not what they told me it was on the tin, because it's actually not English teaching, it's basically just daycare shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> daycare slash after-school activity center, or whatever you want to call it, but yeah, no. Definitely wasn't actually a school school, and was not English teaching. Yeah. Which really, I mean, you would think that I would have probably wisened up to that a little bit sooner when the only two qualifications you needed were any old bachelor's degree, didn't matter which, and for you that have been born and raised in a country that predominantly speaks English, huh. <laughs> to have it as your <laughs> native language. So, yeah, probably should have clued me in that it didn't need any teaching certification, but hey, I was a dummy at the time. That's <laughs> saying, that's saying I'm a smart person now, <laughs> I mean, at least I wisened up to some things. That's very fair. Yep. Uh, it's, um, I won't pretend it's not stressful, but I'm doing what I can. The, uh, I already talked to the program counselor, and she, she said that if I am forced to drop out, if I take a year off, she'll let me back into the program, so that's something, at least. Yeah, at, at least she's willing to let you come back. Yeah, for sure. I'm mostly just worried because, uh... If I have to leave the program, then I have to leave the country, so... (laughs) Yeah, there is that. (laughs) Yeah, it's... I mean, I guess that's a motivation, right? Get better grades or go back to Texas. (laughs) Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Uh, so, breaking fucking news. Apparently, uh, I forgot that uh, The Arrow House Season 2B has been fully updated onto, uploaded onto Disney+, Plus, and apparently they kind of botched the uh, descriptions for Clouds in the Horizon and King's Tide. Because oh, they just say, because they just have the descriptors, part one of the season finale and part two of the season finale. <laughs> <laughs> Not like Luce and friends try to help Amity out of a bad situation and the Day of Unity starts or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's just go ahead and just be like, eh, part one, part two, fuck it. We've already fucked over the show enough. Might as well do a little bit more, I guess. Eh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <it is> me. <laughs> yeah... Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've heard the rumors floating around that the specials got a little bit longer, yeah? Oh, th no, I haven't heard this. Oh, yeah, I, I don't think it's substantiated at all, but the rumor is that each of the specials got ten minutes longer. Oh, dang, that'd be great. That's, I mean, considering we only have, like, two hours of the show left, ever, maybe, <laughs> depending yeah. if they ever try to bring it back or spin off. It's like, yeah, if we get another half hour, basically, that'd be good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll, I don't know. I realize it's unlikely since it's an unsourced rumor, but also, like, I will take any hope I can get. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, we're we are at that point where any we will take any Owl House news that is not just more bad news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, like, hey, at this rate, I'm like, fully expecting to be like, yeah, Owl House Season 3 won't be until 2023, because fuck everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, who knows? We'll get there when we get there at some point. Yeah, we will. <laughs> Can only hope that it's sooner rather than later. Yep. But at the same time, the sooner it happens, the sooner the show ends. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't don't be sad that it's over. Be happy it happened at all. I guess. Right? <laughs> That's the saying, roughly equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um, I don't think I really have anything else. I mean, I guess I could go into every little detail of the vacation, but I'm sure y'all wouldn't want to hear that, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, we already made a, a funny allusion to it when you said you are going to hide the like when you mentioned uh, at the end of last episode that you were just basically gonna hide like vibrators from your family. Ah, yes. <laughs> I fully forgot about that until I saw the episode title. Because <laughs> like I, 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 it was like after I remembered that I suggested that we try to name it Seamen and Robots, but I guess maybe that wouldn't get them. Get, we probably wouldn't get that through filters, huh? Yeah, I don't think so. And, and yet somehow still butt stuff is allowed. <laughs> hey, butts is PG thirteen. Uh, yeah, it turns out. <laughs> I also like how in the tweet that I kind of fucked up with me not putting the link into it initially, I didn't even bother to mention anything about butts, contrary to the episode title. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean... You, got, you gotta listen all the way through. Yeah, the listeners have to listen all the way through if they want to find out what the butt stuff is, even though I kind of already leaked it. <laughs> <laughs> And presumably they would listen to that episode before this one. <laughs> yeah, you would think, but I don't know. I, I know some people re listen to podcasts backwards, which has got to be a trip for shows like this. Oh, yeah, wait. 
I, I guess it's like funny to like listen to people like retroactively be wrong about like predictions and stuff by going from the beginning to the start. But at the same time, that's gotta really throw you off. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Much easier to remember what episode you were on sequentially rather than going in the inverse. Yeah, I strongly agree. But that you know, everybody's gonna do their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay um i guess uh let's jump into uh, 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 uh cartoons cartoons tv <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh my episode this week is season one episode seven in the shadows of mysticore oh it's shadows it's not shadow yeah that's plural shadows Fuck, well, I changed, I messed up that part of the tweet as well, I guess, because I put In the Shadow of Mr. Or. Whatever. Fine, it's a stupid name. <laughs> I had, I had like, three characters left anyway. We'll just say that it was because I hit the maximum. <laughs> not, not at all because I forgot the episode title and my eyes were dilated as fuck when I made that tweet, as I explained in the tweet. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's fine. This is not a very well-named episode. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Kind of whatever. Like, isn't it? That's a thing that I don't really remember about She-Ra, and I hope gets better over the course of the series, but... The episode titles? Exactly, yeah. The episode titles have just been so nothing this whole time. Yeah, I mean, when you when you, you kind of, like, uh... <clears throat> I mean, just to compare it to, like, Owl House, it's like, yeah, like, the episode titles are... You know, they're kind of, like, whatever on their own, but, like, the like the important and, inter like, interesting thing about them was all the theory crafting about what the hidden message would be. Well, sure, but even they got there, it out. They, a lot of them were just, like, generally more interesting. With She-Ra, we've got, like, the sword part one, you know? And the sword part two, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least with Firewall House, you get stuff like... You, you get, like, titles that usually win an ICP titles for a show, like, them's the Briggs kid. <laughs> Yeah. Which, God, I just remembering again that how everybody thought that was the episode where there's going to be the Lumity breakup, and it's like, no, fuck you, why would they do that? Dana fought so hard to get these two to be gay. <laughs> why would she take it away? In this show, I think the best name we've had so far is probably Flowers for She-Ra, and that's a reference to the old show, so even that's... Yeah, contra contrary to what I thought of it being a Flowers for Algernon reference for some reason. <laughs> well, it might be just a reference twice removed, you know? Yeah. But... I mean, like, literally, like, next episode is just Princess Prom. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. like, it's right, exactly what it says on the tin. The prom of princesses. Yeah, so many of these episodes are. I mean, Raz, the Seagate, System Failure, yeah. the Sword, it's... <sighs> okay, anyway... In the Shadows of Mysticor. <laughs> we open with Adora, Glimmer, and Bo in the Whispering Woods, just kind of sleeping on the ground. No tents, no bedrolls, no pillows, no gear, just sleeping on the no, ground. No, no fucking guards. <laughs> no backpacks. Like, yeah, like, is it just like a day trip? Did they leave in the evening or something? And just like, yeah, we'll just, like, it's basically like if you're going on a trip where you know it's going to be a few hours and it's like, yeah, we'll just drive as far as we can, then get a hotel. And they were just like, we'll just walk as far as we can and then stop and sleep for the night and then get up and get there before breakfast. <laughs> I truly have no idea what this is. And again, no guards. 
Limber is the literal fucking princess of, like, one of the biggest nations on Etheria. And they don't bring guards, I guess because, like, they don't want to attract the Horde's attention. But at the same time, they're not going on a secret mission. They're just going to go to Mystic Horde to relax. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're going on a fucking vacation, and they didn't bring guards. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So they're they're laying around, and then Adora wakes up, hearing Shadow Weaver's voice calling her name. She runs off into the woods, and there's a cut, and we see Bo wake up. Uh, he just oh. Enters- for- hmm? For, for some reason, I thought it was uh, Light Hope who was talking to her because I put in my notes that's very rude of Adora's Hexblade patron to wake her up in the middle of the night because she needs that long rest to get back some hit dice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, that doesn't work anymore if it's actually just Shadow Weaver, <laughs> which makes a lot more Weaver, which yeah. makes a lot more which makes a lot more sense considering there's no Light Hope visions or anything in this episode, and this episode is all about Shadow Weaver being a shitty mom. <laughs> <laughs> so that's me wrong. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Bo is one of those annoying people that you hate to share a room with because the second he wakes up, he immediately wakes Glimmer up. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't even think about letting her sleep a little bit. Um, yeah, no, those are always those are always the worst whenever you're in like uh, like like any any family trip where it's like as soon as one person gets up, everybody else wakes the fuck up because like you have a bunch of people crammed in one small space. Well, yeah, absolutely, but that's not what's happening here. He is deliberately choosing to wake her up because he is a jerk. Yeah, again, Bo, she needs her long rest. She needs to get the hit dice back. Yeah. I, I, I know warlocks really don't have any other charges on long rest, but still. Bo, you also <laughs> Bo, you are like an artificer rogue. You also need a long rest, my guy. <laughs> but, yeah. Gotta get so... the whole eight hours, at least six of it being sleep. <laughs> Uh, Glimmer does not want to get up, understandably, but after a little bit of banter, they realize that Adora isn't there, and look over to find her standing at the edge of a clearing. Uh, she says she's keeping watch, but she's just staring into the woods, standing stock still. Apparently, she has just been human statuing all night. Which, well, again, I mean, she she has all her powers recharged on a short rest, so she's like, I don't need a long rest, fuck that. <laughs> uh, she might be an elf, I don't know. Uh... Bella still left a trance. She was actually asleep asleep, not trancing. That's so. true. She, maybe she's a half-elf. <laughs> yeah, uh, she does say that she thought she heard something last night and saw it in the woods, and so, you know, at least she's trying to take care of her people that's something even if she's not taking care of herself but uh glimmer tries to reassure her saying that she yeah it's she's on edge because of the entrapta thing but uh it's over that that you're not going to get infected again like we blew that thing up don't worry about it yeah it's totally gone we're never going to see that again we we get that weird uh shot of her fixing in the previous episode but never comes back surely yeah don't worry about it it's fine um, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is when we learn that they are on vacation, and uh, this is where I get very confused about what's happening in these woods, mm-hmm. <laughs> because Glimmer says that they're going to Mysticor for vacation, and Adora has never heard of it, and Bo didn't know they were going. Like, he's thrilled they're going there, but he didn't know that's where they were going. <laughs> so what happened for these three... 
that Glimmer just got them to walk out into the woods as far as they could go and then sleep on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Does Angela even know that they went to Mysticore? They're going to get back in like a week and she's going to be like, oh, thank fuck, I thought y'all were dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is just so weird. But yeah, um... Mysticor is a hidden city of sorcerers, although, like, if you want to use the nomenclature we've been putting it in, they're wizards, uh, led by Glimmer's aunt, Castaspella. Uh, I'm mostly going to refer to her as Casta, because that's a stupid name to say a lot of times. Yeah, but also, I mean, to be fair, we don't see any of these uh, wizards with spell books, so I, I, I don't believe, I think they could be sorcerers. We don't know. (laughs) They specifically talk about studying magic through the sacred halls or whatever. Eh, that could just be them looking at lore. That doesn't mean they are necessarily, like, learning in a spell book. (laughs) Eh, Some sorcerers might have the Arcana spell, not not ours in our campaign. (laughs) He's like, oh, shit about magic, I just shoot the lightning bolts, pew pew. The druids got that stuff covered. (laughs) (laughs) That's yeah, uh, Mysticor is warded via a super powerful cloaking spell, so evil people can't find it. Uh, no explanation of how that works or what's defined as an evil person, so we're going to shy away from that because we don't want to get into uh, eugenics. So <laughs> uh, they're taking Adora there to relax, and she points out that she has never relaxed in her life, which, honestly, mood. But they're going to try yeah. it anyway. <laughs> Adora is just every millennial. Yeah. <laughs> so they wander off into the forest, presumably in the correct direction, while a shadow spy watches them from the bushes. And after the opening credits, Catra reports to Shadow Weaver, who has been watching through that spy. She is absolutely thrilled that they're going to Mysticor because it's apparently going to be super easy to conquer. <laughs> and uh, despite despite never being conquered. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. She wants Catra to stand guard duty while she uses her magic to try and catch Adora remotely using her shadow spy. And it's not super defined, but I think what Catra's job is here is to stall Hordak if he catches them defying his orders. Yeah, especially compared to, like, next episode when she's just, like, fully complaining to Scorpia about how, like... Oh, like she's get, like if Hordak finds out, we're all fucked because she keeps diverting resources towards trying to get Adora rather than doing anything else. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, very much <laughs> reads like that, where she's just like, "Yeah, no, it's your it's your job to just try to make people not go in my room." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So since Catra has failed at this before, uh, Shadow Weaver is getting involved personally because that's how she does things. And she recalls all of the shadow spirits from all over Etheria, except for the one following Adora, and, like, fuses them together to make it stronger. Uh, the best friend squad arrive at a cliff, where Glimmer declares that they have arrived, and when Adora is skeptical, Glimmer and Bo just jump off the edge with no warning or preamble or anything. Yeah, they're dead. Rip. (laughs) They're 100% dead. Adora naturally panics, but actually there's a floating platform here concealed by the clouds that fill this chasm. Um, Everfall ain't on the warlock spell list, so yeah, no, they're definitely dead. It's it on? Oh no, it is on Artificer, so maybe Bo can guess uh, if Everfall so they don't die when they jump. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks, D&D Beyond, for showing me that it's not on the warlock spell list, but it is on Artificer. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Adora spots the shadow spy following them. She catches on to this pretty quick, but she doesn't get a good look at it, and it distracts her, so she really beefs her landing on the platform. It's kind of rough. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it, imp- it imposed disadvantage on her athletics check. <laughs> but... We're just gonna keep... Uh, like, this entire fucking show is just gonna be making 5e jokes. <laughs> so I we mean, might as well just keep it up, right? It shouldn't be. Things do change over yet... time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, the, the platform just kind of flies across the chasm to land at Mysticor, where Castispella greets them with hugs. She is thrilled that they're here and very happy that Adora is here because it means that Glimmer is making new friends. Um, apparently, she didn't believe that Bo existed when Glimmer first started talking about him. She's... Rude. Um, she's very much a helicopter parent, except she's the aunt. Um... Yeah, I, I, I just, like, as soon as she's introduced, I was immediately getting, like, awkward Thanksgiving reunion vibes off of Casta. Yeah, 100%. Casta <laughs> like, uh, is the grandma who wants to know why you're not wearing the t-shirt they mailed you. Yeah. Or or why uh, the, the kid, who's obviously a queer person and is out to the family but not them, is wondering why they're dressing differently and their hair looks different. Yeah. It's... She just seems kind of oblivious to social mores in a lot of ways like she wants to know why glimmer isn't wearing a sweater that she knitted her despite it being summer and hot out yeah <laughs> is, is castle Spella really in the show much past this episode um she's she's a recurring character i wouldn't call her main <laughs> okay so like so it shows up more like often, but like not enough to be like a main guest, like the various other princesses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So Glimmer does explain to her that they're working on reforming the Princess Alliance, and Castaspilla is thrilled by this. Uh, there's an eclipse tonight, which means a magical ritual, and she wants them all to see it as like good luck for the the alliance. But in the meantime, she's ready to give them the tour. My my note here is simply, please, no, no more eclipses. My heart cannot take it. <laughs> it's only been like a month since the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm kind of shocked that it's been a month already. It feels rawer than that. It, it basically has been a month, yeah, because it was like... Was it? I think it was May 28th yeah, with the King's This sure is our fourth She-Ra episode, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we didn't miss a week, so... Yeah, no, May 28th, so yeah, it's been exactly a month as of yesterday. Yeah. Yep. So... Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Alas, the relentless march of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Spella takes them on the tour, which Glimmer is not thrilled about since she's been coming here for a while, but Adora's new, so they're still getting it. And the first place they go is the Lunarium, where the lunar lenses are used to refresh the warding spell, Hiding Mysticor. I'm not super sure how often they have to do this, but Glimmer says she's seen it dozens of times, so I suspect it might be every time there's an eclipse. Um, yeah, but, like, are eclipses that common? Uh, they probably would be on a planet with 12 moons. Fair. <laughs> Okay, so apparently in our Earth, there are two to five solar eclipses each year, with a total eclipse taking place every 18 months or so. What about lunar eclipses? Uh, two to five as well. Okay. So yeah, that kind of tracks if there's, you know, a dozen moons. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> there's a lot of those suckers floating around. Um, Glimmer asks if she can skip the ceremony because it's you know it's old news to her, and she mostly wanted to come here to show Adora the beach. And Castaspell is hurt by this, which okay, it, this is fair, but she plays it up in just the absolute worst sort of well if that's why you're here i'll just leave you alone i don't matter sort of passive aggressive shtick yeah it's it's like if you like if you go home after being away for a long time and you're like i want to go see my friends and your family's like oh i guess i guess if that's why you're really here it's like i want to see people that i don't see all the time so yes i want to see my friends <laughs> yeah a hundred percent that's what's going on here uh, like i say it is a little more understandable since glimmer wants to show off a beach rather than see a friend, but... Yeah, like, she, she's not here to see people. She's here to, like, be on vacation and hang out at the, the cloud beach. Yeah. But, um, while they're having this conversation, Adora spots the Shadow Spy moving around and just takes off into the Lunarium after it. Uh, the others follow her because they assume she's just super excited for the tour, but they don't see the Shadow Spy, so Castaspella just keeps on going introing the Hall of Sorcerers, where statues of Mysticor's past leaders are. Uh, she does specifically point out her brother Micah and talk about how they trained in spellcraft in these very halls together. Um, Adora is surprised that uh, Casta is related to Micah because no one ever bothered to tell her what being an ant meant, so she thought it was just some <laughs> weird title this whole time. <laughs> I mean, fair. When did she have ever actually known what an ant is because she was raised to just be an expendable soldier, basically? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, Glimmer mentions that uh, they're going to get revenge for her dad because her mom really believes in She-Ra and that the Alliance can end the war, and Casta we got some jealousy from Casta here. She just kind of starts going off about how Angela is an angel and she's just a lowly sorcerer and how Angela never answers her letters and how and if Angela believes in She-Ra, then I guess she should too because what does she know about magic compared to an angel? And I just... Sounds like the... Sounds like the human is uh, feeling a little bit uh, not as uh, appreciated as much as the ASMR. <laughs> I mean, yes. Like, oh, they I kind of get why they only come to see her for the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's always going to be this way whenever they come visit. It's like, well, then we'll not visit as often anymore. Yeah. Um, going to be weird about it all the fucking time. Why would we come out to visit you? Precisely. <laughs> So these old statues, they're all made of some sort of blue crystal, except for one, which is, like, dark black, essentially. And when Adora distracts Casta from her monologue by asking about it, she reveals that this is Light Spinner, a sorcerer who strove for power and control and was, as a consequence, cast out of Mysticor. Uh, like, they don't say what she did. It doesn't seem... Like, you're all striving for power, right? You're studying to be more powerful. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, like, isn't it? Isn't the whole point of being a wizard or sorcerer is that you want to, like, get better at being magic? Yeah, exactly. They, they don't say what she did, but honestly, under the definition she gave, this could be if, as simple as running for public office. <laughs> yep. But uh, she, she multi-classed, and no, uh, we can't have multi-class people in our society of wizards and sorcerers <laughs> get out <laughs> she took a level of warlock boo uh i could be remembering this wrong but i think 
cast a spell is technically the Warlock, too. I'm pretty sure the Lunar Lenses are her uh, gem. Are they? I mean, they're not like a gemstone. They're discs and stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess whatever I guess gems can be whatever the fuck you want them to be because there's yeah. one that's just inside a big tree and there's another that's literally just a giant snowflake. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I had to look up. It's apparently called the fractal flake. They don't say it in an episode, but it comes up later on, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It looks like the lunar lenses are her runestone. Okay, well there you go. So, <laughs> yeah. They really do not cover that in the episode. Um, yeah, so, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the rumor is that Light Spinner is still haunting Mysticore somehow, despite having been kicked out. It's just waiting for revenge. But, you know, it's just a rumor. Nothing's going to happen. Uh, when the others wander off, Adora sees the statue suddenly cast a shadow, which is, of course, shaped like Shadow Weaver instead of Light Spinner, and she freaks out about this. Uh, Glimmer teleports in, and Adora is absolutely about to deck her. She's she's on edge. <laughs> but uh, Castispella has gone to fix dinner, because I guess she does that herself instead of having the staff do it. Uh, at least she's got that going for her. Good job on that, princess. But since she's busy, it is beach time. <laughs> they do pick up that Adora is on edge, but... She doesn't explain it, and so they just head out. And I don't like this beach. I'm just going to come out and say it. It's, uh, it looks like just a flat rock surface. Yeah, it doesn't really look like it's sand. <laughs> no, it's just like a jutting thing of rock next to water. And... Yeah, so I, I mean, well, I guess it's technically water because it's clouds, but it's not water water. <laughs> yeah. And they lay out some blankets next to the clouds, because I guess Glimmer's idea of a good time is laying next to water doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And Adora shares my confusion with this, because when they wanted to relax in the horde, they just hit stuff. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. Hey, turns out that's a pretty useful way to vent stress. Yeah. 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 I, 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 there's been multiple times where I've really entertained getting a punching bag just for stuff like that. <laughs> But also, Adora is straight up me here in the beach and that she cannot wait to fucking leave. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I just hate the beach. It's always too hot and too noisy and too crowded. Well, that's that's fair, but I don't think that's really Adora's issue here, because she does lie down on a blanket well, to relax, yeah, I mean, like Glimmer says, and it just... But I mean, as soon as we get there, I'm just like, okay, well, time to sit here and wait till everybody else is good to go, I guess. <laughs> is kind of what she's just doing here of just entertaining herself by making little noises with her mouth <laughs> yeah, honestly maybe this is just me seeing myself in characters but like she lays on that blanket for three seconds before immediately yep. starting to make bird noises mm -hmm. this yeah. feels this feels adhd to me i'm sorry <laughs> she lays down and she's immediately like okay well i need to do something to drown out the silence mm -hmm. yeah so she's making bird noises and humming and grumbling, and Glimmer does not appreciate this. Uh, Adora pleads to be allowed to move again because, you know, she can't sit still. <sighs> uh, Glimmer decides to up the relaxation level and take them to the Steam Grotto, a set of natural hot springs full of magical healing minerals. 
which would sound really sus to me if this weren't actual magic world. Yeah. <laughs> but she does get Adora in a pool, and I do kind of like their bathing costumes here. They're each in a little bit of a, a separate kind of wrap that they use to cover themselves. But we get a little yeah, Bummer's they... tattoos for the first time. She's got tiny wings on her shoulder blades. Yeah, I forgot she had those. <laughs> Also, I just have in my notes here, uh, Glimmer, you just helped Adora technically undress and then fell asleep on her? That's gay as fuck. <laughs> oh, it super is. She gives Adora a guided meditation, I mean, it, and then they it's both really pass just, out, like, and they're sleeping I mean, on she, each other in the she hot basically tub. Just, she basically just, like, helps Adora take a robe off rather than fully undress, but it's close enough. Mm -hmm, <laughs> she still yeah. does straight up fall asleep on her, so I'm gonna count it. In a hot tub, they fall asleep together. Yeah. <laughs> uh... When Adora wakes up, though, there's shadows uh, above them, just drawing over the bath, and she yells as the shadow reaches for her, uh, and the shadow is calling her name again with Shadow Weaver's voice. I hate the word shadow now. Thank you, episode. <laughs> well, guess what? You're going to have to say shadow and shadow weaver a lot more. In yeah, the rest I of sure the am. Yep. Uh, it turns out that Adora managed to bring the Sword of Protection into the Steam Grotto without Bow or Glimmer noticing, which is impressive. But, yeah, she pulls it on Shadow Weaver before she vanishes, and uh, Glimmer and Bo apparently didn't experience that at all. They're just freaked out that Adora has their sword with her. And with uh, Shadow Weaver gone, Adora calms down enough to explain what happens, but it turns out uh, they don't know who Shadow Weaver is. <laughs> well, yeah, presumably she hasn't explained her dramatic uh, bad parent backstory. Yeah, yeah. We do get a little bit of that here. Uh, Adora says that Shadow Weaver is the person who taught Adora to read and to tie her boots and how to be victorious in battle. And I just do have to note, honey, Adora, your boots don't have laces. Do <laughs> <laughs> so you have, like, those power laces, like in Back to the Future 2? They just tie themselves? <laughs> but... Yeah, uh, Bo and Glimmer hear this and are sympathetic. They they get the idea of having bad mom problems, but they don't really believe she was here. They think Adora was just having a nightmare. And they offer a couple of different relaxation options, but she just asks to be left alone for a while. And as they leave, Adora hear overhears Glimmer saying some extremely ableist stuff about her mental health, but uh, when she goes to confront her, they're gone. Like, I'm not even going to recap that scene. It's... Yeah, no, it's not worth it. <laughs> this show is not that old, and I thought we were better than that at this point in history. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a great look. <laughs> now, like, spoiler alert, this is an evil person saying things to try and make Adora doubt herself, but still. Yeah, like, I mean, it's it's like it's, again, like, based on just in the last uh, six and change episodes of watching these characters, like, it's obviously not Glimmer. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's pretty fucking obvious. <laughs> Absolutely, but that's still not something that people, I feel, should be said on the show. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we cut to the Hall of Sorcerers, where Adora is trying to convince herself that her friends were right, and Shadow Weaver isn't there, and she's just stressed and hallucinating. But uh, shadows start whipping around a lot, and then speak to her in Catra's voice. They do the whole, hey, Adora, thing. You know, the gay catchphrase. Yeah, yeah they do the, They do the gay catchphrase. <laughs> it's like the, the one thing that anybody knows that Catra says. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, she, 
She freaks out and transforms, demanding to know how Catra found her despite the protection spell, and just hears a bunch of laughing as she starts wandering around the castle looking for her. And they skip the fucking transformation sequence. <laughs> they super do. So, it even starts the transformation sequence and, and then, then cuts uh, out of it, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's fucking just like with Data Terrace listening in on the podcast. Now Indy Stevenson is listening in and they're like, oh, well, now I'm going to go back and edit every single episode where the transformation sequence is because they're doing this bit just mm-hmm. to screw with Chloe in particular. <laughs> <laughs> they are They are single-handedly writing up new parts of the script animating the like uh, whole thing after they draw it and then doing voice hour for all the characters to fill the extra 20 seconds in these episodes now i'm convinced (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yeah no it's i don't know how this happens but it is honestly amazing and i hope it stops I mean, if, if we're here, if we come back here next week and it's still a case of not having a transformation sequence on the next two episodes, I'm gonna be fucking losing it. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't a transformation sequence in the next episode because of what happens on your app today. But the I mean, fair, but you know, yeah, no, it's like between these two, it's like he's obviously didn't get the sword back, and she ha- they have to do the full transformation to do like the fight or whatever. I'm yeah. assuming. <laughs> But, yes, so uh, Shadow Catra points out that uh, Shadow Weaver sent her, obviously, because she controls both of them, after all. They're just little pawns in her game. And, like, Adora knows Catra better than this. I realize she's under a lot of pressure right now, but come on. But, yes, so finally, uh, she she wanders into the Lunar Lens Chamber, and Hordak begins talking. He's mocking her for believing that she could face the might of the Horde, and he tells her that Bright Moon will burn and her friends will be trapped in the ruins, and this is pretty grim, and she gets pushed far enough to fire an energy beam, which uh, destroys one of the gems on the wall. Sure does. Yes, the spell is, of course, right there next to her suddenly. And the dramatic shadows vanish the second she appears. Uh, Adora does drop the sword and apologizes, but Castaspella is mad because Adora has apparently destroyed what are a thousand years worth of sacred writings. I would kind of like some more info on what's up with that, but that's all we get. <laughs> get get these uh, wizards or sorcerers, cast the mending spell on it, and make it be fine. <laughs> you would think. Or cantrip ever. It's like that. Like their entire civilization, they're like, "Oh fuck!" Not a single person took took mending. Shit. The only <laughs> thing that I can think about this is, I think it might be like a, a Superman crystal, like Jor El in the, because it's just a small crystal, right? That can't possibly mm-hmm. contain a thousand years of writing unless you've got a hologram guy in there to tell it to you. Yeah, that's fair. So this is just a theory. We see nothing to even vaguely support it. I'm just confused <laughs> but yeah uh glimmer and Bo do jump to adora's defense immediately but castus turns on them too blaming them for hanging out with her and saying they picked a bad friend <laughs> she's she's so bad i really don't like casta in this episode <laughs> yeah nah not not a great first impression for this new character <laughs> yeah uh, Bo tries to reassure Adora, insisting that the Horde isn't here and that Adora just needs to sleep, because remember, she didn't do that last night. 
uh, we cut away to the bedroom where Adora is just kind of laying on the bed and not sleeping or trying to. She's killing time. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. But Glimmer shows up and visits she's, Adora. She's woken. She's woken up two hours before her alarm goes off, and she's like, I gotta fall back to sleep. And then, and then it's like, after like a few minutes, you're like, I am definitely not falling back to sleep in time. Yeah, yeah. It's that thing where you don't really have anything to do, and you need to do something, but you don't have the motivation, so you're just laying in the bed trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Adora is very relatable in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Glimmer shows up to tell her that she's a bad friend. <laughs> Again, so obvious it's not actually Glimmer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she says that Adora has ruined everything she's worked towards, somehow, question mark, and that she should just leave. Despite how obvious it's been, this is the first time you get confirmation that it's not Glimmer, because when she leaves the room, she does just turn into a shadow immediately. Yeah. So we cut to the uh, Lunar Lens Ceremony, where Castaspella is shooting rainbow lasers all over the place. It's kind of like one of those light beam puzzles in a video game. Yeah, she's, she's, she's just here with a fog machine, and she has, like, two, like, uh, like little, like, uh, fucking laser pointers just having a rave. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, during the ceremony... She's got, uh, hmm? she's got some glow sticks, too. <laughs> <laughs> But during the ceremony, everything just gets, like, shadowed over. Uh, Shadow Weaver is not being subtle anymore. We're done with that part of the plan, I guess. Yeah, no, she, she, she got fed up of having to spend a few hours fucking about that. She's like, all right, time for the actual shit, I guess. <laughs> you would think, uh, uh, um, what is this? She's a shadow specialty sorcerer, and you would think she Oh, yeah, Shadow Origin. Yeah. Yeah, Shadow Magic. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she just envelops the entire room in darkness and has her shadow spy lunge at Casta. Adora is actually leaving the island. She's just taking off, I guess. But yeah, she's just like, all right, later. Let me get back a uh, bright moon, I guess. But she hears screams coming from the chamber. And Bo shows up telling her that they need to leave now because the protection spell is fading and they have to get out. Uh, she's a little confused that he left Glimmer behind and reaches out for him, and this is where she figures out that they're illusions, because her hand passes right through him. And he turns around and tells her that everything is about to happen is her fault, and just turns into a shadow and melts. This is super rough. Like, oh mm-hmm. man. She's not in a good way already, and... <laughs> <sighs> she does go back, though. She's She's steadfast is what i'll say they are all just passed out in the shadow chamber and like a i don't have a good word for this it's a silhouette of shadow weaver that's like flowing all over the room taunting her the uh the eclipse is almost over and when it's done the protection spell will fail and she'll bring the horde here and uh it'll be adora's fault Adora, like, pushes back against this, but Shadow Weaver just scoffs, saying there's no point in protecting our new friends, because they'll never understand her, just like they didn't understand uh, Shadow Weaver when she used to be Light Spinner. Uh, yeah, turns out Shadow Weaver is also well, how, how Who could have foreseen this turn of events that the character that has a name so similar to Light Spinner is actually Shadow Weaver? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
it's like it's so fucking obvious. <laughs> Even if I didn't remember this from watching season one initially, it's like as soon as they like say the name Lightspeeder, it's like okay, well that's obviously Shadow Weaver. Yeah, <laughs> she before she went bad. You are <laughs> I mean, absolutely she, right. Yes, you literally just chose a synonym for the second part of her name and just the inversion of the first part of her name. <laughs> not so, not at all any not at all trying to hide who she used to be. <laughs> not all trans people are clever. Okay. <laughs> no. So I guess maybe some trans people just do decide to like add like I A or E L L A or something to their old name. Maybe. Sometimes Patrick really does become Patricia. <laughs> yep. But yeah, uh, it turns out that everyone, well, according to Shadow Weaver at least, everyone in Mysticore was afraid of her dark powers and couldn't accept her because of that. So I guess the themed naming thing just doesn't always work out. <laughs> uh, Dora tries to transform, but it fails because, you know, she's pretty shaken, and we saw already that that's how you get her to not transform. I don't know how Shadow Weaver knows that, but there we go. Uh, I mean, has Catra, has Catra seen that happen? I don't think so, no, because the only time before this she's failed to transform is when she was trying to meet Angela. Back in oh, uh, yeah. Raz. That's true, yeah. That was before she sent her Shadow Scout, so... Eh, who mm -hmm. knows? Yeah, no idea what this is, but she knows what her weak points are. Uh, she just keeps calling Adora her warrior and telling her that the princesses don't care about her and they only want her for her strength, and, uh... Yeah, we're back in abusive momland. <sighs> I mean, to be fair, the, the only reason why she's actually been allowed to be in the Rebellion is because of her powers. <laughs> like, Angela does not like her at all. <laughs> That's true. So, but... so it's like te technically not wrong. Like it, I mean, obviously it doesn't apply to Bo and Glimmer and the other princesses for the most part that are actually friendly with Adora. But it's like for the most part, people really only like her because she can become an eight foot tall lesbian. <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to like her for that, but she has other qualities. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fair. But again, Angela doesn't like her. <laughs> yes. Definitely not going to like her more after uh, finding out that she uh, being. Way too, you know, like, willing to jump the gun ended up getting her daughter kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, yeah, so, uh, uh, since she can't transform, um, Shadow Weaver offers to take Adora back as second in command, saying that they're going to rule the world together. You know how it is. Sith Lord stuff. Yeah. Straight up, straight up, and then like a variation of Vader trying to get Luke to join him, and they can like overthrow the Emperor and rule the galaxy as father and son kind of deal. Yeah, like Adora rejects this on her own. That's fine, but honestly, it's kind of too bad Star Wars doesn't exist in this universe because that is such a thing in Star Wars. Like, oh man, Dooku had what six apprentices, and he promised each and every one of them that they'd rule together. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Something like that. At the least, uh, Ventress. I remember her. Yeah. I don't know any of the other ones. Uh, but then again, that's all the... That's all the... Yeah. But also, I mean, that's every Sith thing, where it's like, there's supposed to be like, oh, there's only two, and meanwhile, it's like every Sith always has like 18 different hidden people just playing in the wings waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, even Vader did, if you count, uh, fucking Force of the Wait and Force Unleashed. Yeah. And Force Awakens. That's the actual movie. That's not the, the video games. <laughs> yeah, that's the other one. 
Um, yeah, so Shadow Weaver calls Adora weak, claiming that she is nothing without Shadow Weaver, you know, classic abuser tactics, before <laughs> finally, at the very end, just calming down and politely asking her to come home. You know how it is. Um, Adora has grabbed the sword that she dropped earlier, and it turned into a shield. Uh, I don't... Like, maybe it happened and I just missed it. I don't think we get any reading on why that happened here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really remember. I just watched these episodes last night and I don't fully recall. Uh, let me see if I can scrub yeah. do it really quick. <laughs> From what I remember, she just picks up the shield, the sword, and it just immediately turns into a shield with no, like, concentration or reference to it. She doesn't look surprised. It's just a thing that she's doing, I guess. But, yeah, so she's uh, she's refusing that offer again and uses the shield to refract the light of the eclipse. She completes the uh, the light puzzle, and that renews the protection spell all by herself. Yeah, she got the mirror shield, and then she realized she has to use it on the boss. <laughs> exactly. In order to expose them because they're in ghost form. And this is pretty brutal. It throws Shadow Weaver back, like, feedback. You see her in her room getting thrown across and hitting a wall. And okay, no, it, it does. It does show. It does show the the sword transform when she grabs it from the shadowy tendril thing. It just becomes a shield, and she blasts Shadow Weaver away with it. No, absolutely. We see it turn into a shield, but we don't get any reason as to why. Yeah, no. It yeah, just none. Kind of <laughs> it, it just does. Yeah. Adora, Adora accidentally like re like figures out that she actually had a spell on her spell list that is like way more defense than offense and requires concentration, and she didn't realize it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, everyone wakes up, and Bo and Glimmer apologize for not believing her earlier, saying that they were being bad friends, but she rejects that because this is what Shadow Weaver does, is just manipulate people and try to push them apart, so it's not their fault that they fell for it, because they didn't know what her thing was. She does say that it'll never work on her again, but honestly, though, if Shadow Weaver can just make perfect illusions that do whatever she wants, Adora cannot promise that. <laughs> Yeah, All she has to do is create a fake Angela in Bright Moon and tell her to go somewhere, and Adora is trapped. Uh-huh. <laughs> but... Yep. <laughs> yeah, Adora does apologize for bringing Shadow Weaver here, but Casta rejects that. She's done a full 180. Suddenly she likes her because Adora saved Mysticore. Um <laughs> and I guess that means she's a good person for Glimmer to know. Yeah, she, brought the problem she, here in the first place. Yeah, exactly. She saved it because of her own presence threatening it. But <laughs> mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, congratulations, Dory. You did the bare fucking minimum of fixing your own problem and dealing with your own baggage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Mm -hmm. She doesn't yep. apologize for the hurtful things she said before either. She just says, you're good now. Um, yeah, she definitely doesn't. <laughs> So the best friend squad hugs as Adora realizes how tired she is, and we cut to the beach where Adora is laying with Bo and Glimmer. She does start a bit, but Glimmer reassures her that they're still there, and I guess they just have a nap lying on the ground. I. It, this episode really makes it feel like that is their favorite pastime, it's just lying on the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of an odd episode. Uh, yes, in the Fright Zone, we see Catra enter Shadow Weaver's quarters after the whole yelling and hitting the wall thing. <laughs> and she finds Shadow Weaver passed out in the floor. 
the gem set into her mask is pulsating, and Catra laughs at her, telling the unconscious Shadow Weaver that if you want to beat Adora, you have to go for the heart. And an image of Bo appears in the scrying pool. The episode ends. What, was Glimmer also not in the, in the scrying pool? Not for this image, no. She's specifically targeting Bo. Oh, right, because Bo has a heart on his uh, armor, yeah. yeah no, it's not subtle. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> I'm curious uh, a little bit about this, because, like, I could see Catra knowing Adora's weaknesses, right? They grew up together. They, uh -huh. they shared a bed for however many years. But yep. also, like, she just met Bo maybe two weeks ago. You know, why is yeah, he yeah, targeted to go after? <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe she just like, uh, like maybe she's basically doing the equivalent of channel surfing on the scrying pool and just happened to find Bo before Glimmer. Was <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I guess this is the first thing on TV. I guess I'll watch this. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, yeah uh, that's my episode. Yep. Yeah, I don't have much else to say on it. So maybe we should just jump over to the gay prom, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, honestly speaking, a little less gay than uh, the other gay prom that we already covered on this show. I gotta say. You're not wrong, but you gotta remember that she rock crawled so that El House could run. True, yeah, it did. I, I guess, I, I guess, based on what I was remembering, I, I thought there was like a much longer dance sequence between Adora and Catra in this episode than there actually is. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe that's just me misremembering. But I thought there was like, I remember it being a big deal at the time. But then, like, obviously, if you go back, uh, like a few years, like fast forward a few years from there, and it's like, oh, the the Lumity dance is way more of a big thing. <laughs> Not even considering the fact that, like, after the dance, like, they get confirmation that, yeah, like, Amity wanted to invite Luce to the prom. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, that's absolutely true, but, like, it's a fine dance sequence. It's maybe a little short, but it does what it needed to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot more going on this episode that it gets, like, maybe that had to be shortened a bit, just to fit everything else in. Yeah. But Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, my episode is obviously episode 8, Princess Prime, which opens with Fedora knocking on Glimmer's room, saying she got a very large scroll invite to the All Princess Ball Winter Wonderland. <laughs> which, why are they sending giant scrolls like this to send as invitations? Like, maybe this is just a Kingdom of Snows thing that they like doing, but it's uh, <laughs> uh, really like Glimmer and Bo are just stoked about it because it only happens once a decade, apparently, which... I guess Glimmer probably went to one before when she was like six, maybe. Yeah, I don't Depends. know. Like, I guess they might invite her, but as a tiny child, it seems yeah, really hard for her to you, follow through on all the. Uh, yeah, you do, you don't really bring a child to like an event like that. Yeah, because it's all like formal and etiquette and stuff. I can't imagine that. <laughs> yeah, well, I I'd also I interpret it as like there's probably less like formality to it when it's not being hosted by the kingdom of snows just because like frost seems to be the kind of person that is like very much we need to do it by this way it has to be this way and only this way it can't be anything different yeah <laughs> so it's probably a little bit more lenient depending on who's hosting it but yeah uh adora is a bit stumped by the long list of rules that was set with the scroll while glimmer says that frost in the kingdom of snows is the one hosting it, and she wants her in the rebellion due to the fact that she's apparently just really strong and powerful, because she's, like, one of the few princesses we've met so far that straight up has a conventional, normal power with just shooting ice everywhere. <laughs> Compared to, yeah, make robots and, yeah, make flowers. <laughs> okay, um, sorry, real quick update on the, uh, the last episode, the Lunarium. Uh -huh. 
Mm -hmm. uh, the lunar lenses are not, in fact, a runestone, and Castaspella is not a princess, so you were correct about that, but for reasons I'm not entirely clear on, it does list the ability to cast runestone spells as one of her powers, so... Okay, well, <laughs> maybe the show will cover that, maybe not. Maybe that's something that was, like, confirmed by Andy or somebody else in the crew afterwards. Yeah, that's possible. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, uh, but like I was saying, uh, she's, like, excited because she's like, oh, and Bo's obviously my plus one, but Bo, this is, like, uh, actually, Perfume already asked me, and, uh, showing that, therefore, Bo is, like, the best ally in the show because he's willing to go with the trans flower princess before Glimmer could even ask him. <laughs> But yeah, uh, God, I wrote, actually wrote over in Horde Land. I forgot to name the Fright Zone. <laughs> over in the Fright Zone, not Horde Land. God, should we call the episode the Horde Land? Catra's <laughs> uh, just pissed that uh, Shadow Weaver's obsession about Adora is going to take them all down with her if Hordak finds out about her repeat failures to actually do anything and accomplish anything. And she's just, like, uh, talking to, like, Scorpia in the background. Which, of course, also in my notes, I kept writing as Scorpina. I don't know why I thought her name was Scorpina when it says Scorpia. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. No, I have it written correctly as well. Uh, but, yeah, she's just, like, ranting, saying that she should be the one in charge because she's actually willing to, like, do stuff other than just focus on Adora. And she's basically just roping Scorpia into her plan to... <laughs> Essentially, just go back on what she just said of Capture Adora to secure a shadow we were spot in the horde instead. <laughs> uh, Scorpia recommends doing something at the princess prom because turns out she's also a princess and she just like quickly just tells her little story about how the horde just straight up landed in her home world, her homeland, and her family just gave her like their gemstone for reasons. <laughs> so, whoops. <laughs> yeah, she I guess they realized that it was because that people like already excluded them for being different but also maybe if you have one power source that gives you any kind of an advantage don't just hand it to the guy who crashed landed yeah, in your may backyard maybe they like immediately wisen up to the fact that they definitely did not stand a chance so they're like okay to make there be as little amount of casualties as possible we'll just go ahead and hand this over and join them instead i mean maybe yeah <laughs> but yeah she says that everyone knows that it's covered that uh, her like backstory about being a princess is covered in forest captain training, which Katra is now actually starting to regret not having ever gone to. <laughs> so at least Katra's having a bit of growth there, being like, maybe I should have read the fucking manual. <laughs> uh, but Scor uh, Scorpia also says she doesn't want to go because no one in theory really liked her family even before they joined the horde, and that she never felt like she really fit in with them. Which Catra then uh, rightfully brings up is exactly the reason to go, just to spin their faces, basically. Because Scorpia doesn't conform to their society, so Scorpia is also, of course, trans, just like everybody else has confirmed on the show already so far, because she's like, yeah, you you belong there. You should go and just spin in their face, just to make them have to sit in it. I would like this a lot if it wasn't Catra obviously manipulating Scorpia to get what she wants. I, I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Like, like this is like it's a great message. It's just being made in yeah. It's it's yeah. It's 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 a great message, but it's coming from Katra. So of course it's not a good face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Scorpia does agree to Katra's pitch of them crashing Princess Prom with Katra as her plus one, and then we just go right and cut back to Bo trying to explain himself to Glimmer, and. We just get a pretty funny, quick flashback of, like, the two of them during episode th uh, four where they're fighting the Horde uh, once they, like, 
bust down the gates to the the fortress or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where's this perfume with this quickly saying, Hey, you wanna go to the prom with me? And he's like, Yeah. And, like he just like runs off to fight like more guys by shooting flowers at them. It's <laughs> it's a it's pretty funny that they're just like, Yeah, no, we're not gonna actually like have him explain this and like using its words or just quickly explain it. It's just yeah, we just get this funny flashback of the two of them just acting each other out during a fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. But yeah, but uh, Glimmer is bummed out that things have changed because they always used to do things together, just the two of them, and now they actually have a bigger friend group, so they don't hang out as much together, just exclusively. <laughs> but Adora then drags her into her room to showcase her like whole like fucking like wall of crazy battle plan for the prom because she's been studying up on like like different relationships between the different people that are going to be there, so this way she can actually like do the right thing and not fuck up. I Which of course means this. this is good. She's doing her homework. Yeah. But of course, obviously, this also says that Adora's definitely gonna fuck up immediately because she's showing that she's actually like giving a shit. So of course, she's gonna make a mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, she's. But yeah, even Adora is bummed when Glimmer says that she cannot go with Shira because that's what Adora's plan was. Because they have a zero weapons clause to actually go into the prom, so Glimmer just starts giving Adora a makeover, which cuts to a montage of them, Bowen, Perfuma, and Katra and Scorpio all getting ready. Which I liked a bit where it's like, you know, very relatable as well with, uh, like, Scorpio being a bit embarrassed when she's wearing, like, the little red dress that she goes in. Because she's like, oh, it's like a girly thing and I'm not as much of a girly character or whatever, but, like, Katra, like, like... Gives her like that reaffirming nod or whatever. It's like, yeah, you're yeah, like you're valid, Scorpio. Let's go, <laughs> kind of deal. <laughs> Very relatable. Very much reminds me of the first time I really went out in public with like femme clothes on. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's that's fair. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, kind of just glancing over a lot of this stuff just because it's uh, not much happens in the beginning part. We're just getting to the actual prom itself. Yeah, but, that's, that's mm-hmm. true. This is a very slow start to this episode. Yeah, but like it, it, maybe if they like cut some of the stuff out, they would have had more time for like the the very like tense gay dance kind of stuff. <laughs> no. But yeah, at the entranceway, Adora is too concerned about her sword being left at the weapon check-in counter, which I guess is just the equivalent of like the coat check-in, but it's just swords. But Glimmer drags her in, and even though she's like definitely doesn't want to be separated from her like gay sword magic, is relatable. Uh, Adora and Glimmer go and present themselves to Frosta, who's a little kid of, as she insists, 11 and 3 quarters. But Adora, of course, being Adora, says, like, that's Frosta? She's, like, 10, very loudly, and gets everybody pissed, especially Frosta, getting very pissed at her. such a weird faux pas. Yeah. (laughs) I get that she has to offend Frosta, that's fine, but with all the research she did, she couldn't, like, wait until they walked away to ask that. Yeah, or how is it that in all of her research she didn't actually just find out that Frost is, like, almost not even 12? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you feel like that would be one of the big things about, like, fr- what, who Frost is. Of like, oh yeah, she's, like, 12. <laughs> but yeah, uh, obviously they don't actually have the chance to properly talk to her yet, which they want to to try to invite her to the Princess Alliance. So they go hang out with Entrapta for a bit, since she's just, like... Again, very much being me as a social gathering of more than five people by just standing there and observing what he refers to as the social experiment. <laughs> uh, I do like that they actually like bring back like the other princesses we've met so far in this episode, just to like kind of like touch in with everybody, seeing what they're doing ever since they were introduced. For sure, yeah. Especially, yep. I don't know. I really appreciate Except- having the entrapped 
perspective here. It's very, it's comforting to see her. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because, like I said, it's very relatable that she's just like, yeah, no, I'm just kind of here doing my own thing, just watching stuff, and uh, please don't people approach me and talk to me kind of deal. <laughs> this would be a lot creepier if it weren't mostly adults at the party, because honestly, though, a 30-year-old just watching a bunch of teens. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. There is also that part of, like, yes, as, as established when I had to remember what we talked about for the episodes five and six. <laughs> Uh, tweet is like, oh right, we talked about how Seahawk is not actually 30, but somehow Entrapta is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't, I, I I feel like somebody at some point accidentally swapped those ages around in mid-development, and then just somebody else was like, okay, well I guess it's what we're doing, and like didn't have a chance to correct it. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, anyway, uh, she's obviously just wondering where Bo is, because he's not with them. And at that moment, he and Perfuma arrive wearing matching outfits, which, again, sets Glimmer off because that was always their thing. And also, Marissa's here, don't make a big deal about it, and she just, like, kind of bounces from that conflict and gets distracted by Seahawk being here, too, as just a ride by her insistence, even though he keeps saying that he's her plus one. <laughs> again, very, very funny that she just, like, pops up to be like, hey, hey, but, hey, guys, by the way, I'm here, don't don't worry, don't make a thing about it. <laughs> just, yep. Where Mr. Yeah. continues to be one of the better characters actually on the show, because she's just, like, fed up with this shit. <laughs> we get some pretty intense Seahawk here, and mm -hmm. I don't know how to feel about this guy. Yeah. I, mean, I love him, but I also despise this man. <laughs> yeah, it's like, again, like, he, he if he could, like, dial it down, like, about, like, nine notches or so, it'd be fine. Honestly, but it's really like, it's, even 10% less might make him a bearable yeah, person to have it, a it's it's with. it's really it's really mostly his insistence that he is Mermistos plus 1 and it's like I, I do not believe that at all whatsoever like I feel like he got invited by somebody else and just mainly ditched them when he realized Mermista would be here which I don't know why he wouldn't think about that considering she's a princess <laughs> well like he is as far as the show is concerned her plus 1 so it's not He's not just mm -hmm. latching onto her here. Don't worry about that. Yeah. But it is True. still super creepy, especially because she won't admit that he's, like, there with her yeah. in any way. Yeah, pretty much. And I realize yeah. that's her being disaffected and not wanting to seem like she cares about anything, but still. Yeah, I mean, there is that. <laughs> uh, let's move on from the weird guy here, who's definitely... Somehow not 30, even though he totally looks like he's 30. He's 19. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> if he's 18, Entrapta is too. <laughs> I do not believe Entrapta is 30, and this man is just barely out of adolescence. What I want to know is, he's set three boats on fire. Who gave three boats to a 19-year-old, especially when they kept catching fire? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> eh, who knows? <laughs> whatever moving on from seahawk he's here he doesn't do anything else this episode thank god yep we're yeah. done with that yep uh bow and perfume come over and talk but adora kind of just walks off to eat hors d'oeuvres while they're here <laughs> i definitely did not write hors d'oeuvres correctly in my notes i just know they're called hors d'oeuvres and i did not know how to spell it <laughs> uh but yeah she spots frosta off on her own and tries to go over the smooth things that were for you know, to apologize, calling her a little fucking child. 
And Frosted just gets right to the point, knowing that the door is only here because she wants to ask her to join the Princess Alliance. And she says that the Kingdom of Snows has been ignored by the Horde so far, and is perfectly fine defending itself for thousands of years, and just fully declines and shuts down her offer. But yeah. again, I get that. I get that it's like her being pissed about being called a child, but it's like you might want to actually like look at the bigger picture of things, lady. Because, like, I mean, just because the Horde hasn't bothered you yet doesn't mean they're not going to bother you at all. Yeah, it's especially worth noting. Like, she says that they've defended the kingdom for thousands of years or whatever. The Horde got here 17 years ago. It's not... Yeah, it's it's not like, yes, you've been fine for the majority of that time, but also circumstances have drastically changed in the last two decades. Yeah, remember, they didn't land in your backyard. <laughs> no, they landed at Scorpia's backyard and they immediately surrendered. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. Would have been a way different story if they landed in the Kingdom of Snows and Scorpia was in the Prince's Alliance instead of Frosta. <laughs> but yeah. Adora rejoins Glimmer on the balcony where she's just watching Bo, and she admits that she's just concerned that Bo would abandon his old friends behind. But Katra, uh, not Katra, uh, Adora definitely at that point like tempts fate by saying like, oh yeah, no, your friends would never do that to you, and then she immediately sees Katra and Scorpia walking. <laughs> And she's like, oh, fuck, well, I guess I did do that secondly. <laughs> and Adora tries to get him kicked out immediately, but Frosted states that all princes are welcomed and properly dishes back that she has worked hard to get the respect she has and that she won't disturb, disrupt the prom traditions, all because Adora has a suspicion about them. <laughs> and so Adora goes to follow Catra throughout the entire night while Glimmer tails Scorpia. And after Adora just gets easily pranked by Catra hiding a high Adora message in the trash, she sees her approaching Entrapta. And while Glimmer's, well, standing there just watching Scorpio at the buffet, she spots Bo and immediately abandons her task to go talk to him instead about her concerns with how she feels like she's being left behind by him. But Bo rightfully says that he came here to hang out with Perfuma, Glimmer, and Adora equally at the prom, and it's Glimmer who's the one that's making things weird. Which, yeah, well. air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bo's been doing. Bo's been fine. He's not been doing anything intentionally to set Glimmer off. She's just been the one being weird about this. Yeah, she's very possessive for reasons yeah. that we'll get her reasons in a little bit. But I don't think they justify her behavior. Yeah, they really don't. <laughs> but yeah, uh, back over Katra, she's just ends up actually and she she's apparently just as agreed to be entrapped as assistant at watching people and less like going at her snacks and also help her from not falling off the uh the railing that she's standing on and while uh dora's like trying to talk to her about like oh yeah remember she's with the horde which is the enemy of the princess alliance that you joined and trapped the and trapped is like oh well then you probably want to go follow after because she just uh, took this opportunity to go sneak off somewhere <laughs> <laughs> again adora and, and glimmer are not very good at paying attention to their actual missions here <laughs> But yeah, uh, Bo, meanwhile, sees Scorpia just in a hallway plant a heat bomb that's disguised as, like, a little gemstone, I guess from her dress. And when he, like, uh, sees guards and tells her that what she's up to, they restrain him instead, and <laughs> Scorpia walks over and Bo sees that she's carrying Adora's sword, and she just knocks him out by smacking him in the face of her tail. <laughs> so, obviously, these people are not actual guards. <laughs> And then Frosta then announces that it's time for the first dance and ball, and Adora finds herself dragged down to the dance floor with Catra standing before her when she doesn't have any other partners available. And after they do their little like tense gay dance, she 
partners in turn with both Glimmer and Perfuma, who combined tell her that Bo's been missing, and they can't find him anywhere. <laughs> and when Adora is partnered up with Catra again, she's just fully taunting her about how Bo's... Oh, yeah, your friend Bo's missing, huh? I wonder what that's all about. And Adora just fucking throws the out the window by just tackling Catra to the ground and everything and just drops the dance. <laughs> but... Frosta immediately just cast a nice entangle on her because, again, she's fucked things up again here. And she starts to begin to uh, revoking uh, Dora's invitation to the prom and everything, but then the bombs go off and shit starts to pop off. Baby. And. Yep. Hmm? Yeah, just, you know, bombs. Fun. Yeah. That's bombs. Why we always wanted a party. Exactly. <laughs> You gotta have some sort of, like, firework or something. Some sort of explosion. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Frost is escorted away by her guards as Glimmer goes to find Bo, because Catra uh, is still gloating to Adora because Adora is still trapped in the ice, <laughs> about how, apparently, uh, Catra's like, well, I didn't do anything, but that uh, Scorpia, Lonnie, and Kyle are the ones that planted the bombs, so technically it's on them, not me. I'm just here. <laughs> and Adora demands that she stop treating this all like a game, but Catra says that it's always that she's always been after something bigger and that no one here is going to stop her. And at that point, like, a bit of the wall of the castle falls and breaks Adora's prison to get her out. And we cut over to Glimmer, where she finds Bo being dragged into a transport, and she, like, kind of, like, teleport tackles Lonnie and Kyle. But I think she just fully gets, like, stabbed by Scorpia's tail here, like, injected with <laughs> poison or something. That's how, like, the framing of the shot is kind of, rather than just, like, smacking her unconscious. Yeah, we... Like, there's no thud noise, so... Yeah, yeah, there's no thud, so it's like, it very much reads more like, oh, yep, yeah, paralyzing poison or something, and so she's just out of the game. Yeah. I do yep. want to note that it is very sweet to me that Regelio didn't get to come on this mission because he's a lizard, so he's cold-blooded. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I noticed he was absent, but yeah, I didn't think about that, where it's like, oh, yeah, he wouldn't be useful here because he wouldn't be, he would just hibernate. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, Frosta was escorted by her guards to go to the gemstone, which, like I said earlier, is the Fractal Flake, which we don't get names here in this episode, I assume at some point later on it will be. And she apparently had to go to it in order to, like, better stop the castle's destruction and fix the damages, because I guess she has to be closer to the, like, the actual gemstone itself to do so. And Adora eventually chases Catra to an end, but they both leap onto floating ice platforms that are just in here for some reason to fight on the roof. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty, like, one-sided fight where Catra seems to be having the upper hand, but then Catra just whips a punch hard and almost just straight falls off the roof. <laughs> but Adora grabs her to prevent her from falling, and then for a big part of the castle to, like, shift as it's the repairs are finished, which sends them over the edge anyway. <laughs> and Adora stops their fall with her, like, big, like, Debbie hairpin, which, why does this not classify as a weapon? This is just a fucking knife as a hairpin. <laughs> but yeah, she's able to stop them by, like, hitting it into the wall. But Catra just willingly lets go and falls to her getaway vehicle, which, uh, Dora sees that uh, Bo and Glimmer have been captured, and that's where the episode descends. With yeah. her just dangling off the side of a building. <laughs> it's it's a little grim, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like, it's it's a, it's a weird, like, slow start to the episode, but then, like, once they actually get to the prom, it just pops off the entire rest of the episode, basically. Now, uh, this is gonna be spoiling things a little bit, just a tiny little bit, but mm-hmm. the next episode does not start with Adora dangling from a knife on an ice wall. 
I, I'd assume that it would just cut to, like, her talking to Frosta about it. It's like, yeah, no, I was right, motherfucker. Yeah, one of the longest-running complaints in this series is trying to figure out how she got out of that. <laughs> because she doesn't have I mean, another knife to stab into the wall, and she no, doesn't have her sword. But, but the princess there has ice magic. Presumably she could lift an ice platform up to Dora and get her down if, if she, she was willing to help. There. <laughs> And this is true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's some, somehow she gets down. It's one of those things that you don't have to show that in a cartoon. It's going to take time. <laughs> but yeah. Very, uh, very solid episodes. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I have any other notes about the show itself. Do you? Nope. Uh, I mean, I really don't ever have more uh, notes about my own episodes, to be fair, because I usually have it in the notes themselves. Yeah, valid. I, I do try to do the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm vaguely remember. It's been three weeks since we recorded. I don't remember what section comes next. I know it's my turn, well, so I'm pretty sure yeah, you, it's you time sh- for me to talk usually... about the old show. <laughs> yeah, we usually do that, then the trivia, and then whatever questions we have. Right. And then the transformation corner, which is a big fat goose egg again this week, because this show is screwing me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this episode is just chock full of goofs and references and just sort of little... uh, I'm trying to find the right word for it. They're not a lot of jokes, so to speak, but they are characters who wouldn't necessarily be there so for instance uh andy stevenson and molly ostertog are at prom yes i did see that in the trivia and also i did see that double trouble is also there <laughs> yeah double trouble is there uh luke who we talked about several episodes is there uh the star sisters are there uh wait there's different characters that are called the star siblings <laughs> yeah that, that's two different <laughs> groups okay cool <laughs> <laughs> definitely not at all confusing but yeah. Oh yeah, I, I did also see that. Yeah, I did see Megan Lloyd was also in there. I have her also in the, in my trivia. Oh, uh, wait, no, I have another one that's not shown there. Uh, I'll just bring it up now. Uh, Laura Shrebny. She's one of the writers on the show. She's also there in the you know, background as well, but not in this picture. Yeah, we actually see um, Andy and Molly several times. They they keep showing up throughout the party. So. Yeah. You know. Uh, but since since we're talking about old school stuff, let's uh, start with the easy ones. Uh, these are the old school Star Sisters. If the upload will finish, just continuing these days. <laughs> yeah, just continuing the uh, the look of characters on the original show of having boob armor. <laughs> it's their job. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, most obviously what we're going to get today is uh, Castaspella and Frosta. So let's start with Castaspella, if I may. She is kind of like one of the X-Men, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just a very... Yeah, I can see where there's like the like very much like 90s Marvel look to her. <laughs> yeah, she's very Jean Grey-esque. <laughs> She has like the like lightning bolty like arrows and stuff in her design and everything on the yeah. chest and the boots and everything. Yeah, old school um, Castaspella is very 
she was the queen of Mysticor, like straight up the ruler and also oh, apprentice not, sorceress. Not Angela? Uh, queen of Mysticor. Oh, oh, sorry, I misheard. Yeah, and she was like an apprentice sorceress. She wasn't a full-powered head sorceress or whatever, and she was the rival of the character who had become Shadow Weaver, but they didn't have a name in the past because they didn't dead name people in the old show. Mm, fair. <laughs> but yeah, once Adora uh, defected from a horde, uh, uh, Mysticor got like overthrown and Castispella was uh, deposed, so she went to join the rebellion. Uh, they renamed it Mortella because evil cities have to sound spooky. <laughs> uh, the next on the list is, of course, um, the one and only Princess Frosta, who, as I'm sure you can imagine, is very different. She was not 12 in the old show. <laughs> I I'd imagine that, like, nobody's really around the same age, because all these people... Okay, yeah, these people all seem like they're, like, early 20s. And again, like... Yeah, I, <laughs> Design's heavily focused on the boob area, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of these characters like have defined ages in the old show, but yeah, they're just that they're, they're that vague like early like age of like protagonists in like a JRPG or something. Yeah, nobody's nobody's over the age of twenty five because once you get past twenty five, you're an old person that's gonna die because you're like the prologue character or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Classic Frosta was the queen of Castle Chill, so already I kind of like the name better. Yeah, that's way better than the Kingdom of Snows. <laughs> but, yeah, um, she still had the same, like, Frozen-esque ice powers, but there's not actually yeah. a lot about her out there. The one thing that I could persistently find is that she had a crush on He-Man, and he was, like, driven off because of how aggressively into him she was. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, totally the same thing. But that's pretty much it for a uh, show comparison this this episode, I think, unless you want me to go through, like, every single one of the visitors to the prom. No, I, th I think we're good on that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's neat that they have, like, a few, like, uh, previews of characters that will be met later on. Like, obviously, yeah. I know Double Trouble shows up around season four, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Well, when they at show this up? Yeah. point, I don't think Double Trouble was actually meant to be a character. This was just straight up a reference to the original. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and then they decided to actually make them a character. Exactly, yeah. Gotcha. Well, I mean, either way it works. But I assume at some point we're probably also going to meet the star sisters or siblings, who knows, and like also probably Peekaboo and Sweet Pea. <laughs> um, if I can spoil a little bit... We will mm -hmm. never meet the Star Sisters again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> Ignore me. The, the Star have, siblings do... are going to be a thing, but this is their only okay. appearance here. Gotcha. Okay. Do we ever meet Pika Blue and Sweet Pea? Pika Blue is a character later on, yes, as far as okay. I recall. I just now noticed when one of their dresses kind of looks like the lesbian bride flag, in a sense. Less orange in it, but it looks pretty close. <laughs> Alright, well then, uh, if we're done with the old show, I guess I'll go on to my little bit of trivia, which really not as oh. many because, I mean... Hmm? Sorry, there is one last thing to mention about the prom. Uh, Spinarella and Natasa are both at the prom and just no one acknowledges them. It's yeah, so well, rude. I mean, they've, they've been acknowledged once in the entire show so far. I guess they were 
were they even there when they were having their like talk about continuing the princess alliance yeah, with they, they Angela? Totally were. They were at the okay, table yeah, and Bo specifically said that's Spinarella and Natasha. No one knows. No, no, I, I, yeah, no, I remember that. But wasn't there another shot where they were like it's like the beginning of that one episode where they're oh, like I yeah, think it's. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's when they're trying to go talk to Mermissa, I think, where they're trying to get Angela on their side. Are That's they right. there at the table? I'm pretty sure they are. I don't think they say anything, but they're there. They definitely don't say anything, yeah. I'm just trying to remember if they were there. And now I'm, now I'm actually booting up the Seagate to see real quick because it should be in the beginning shot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Are they there? Get past enough with logo, please. Mm. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, no, they are there. They, you see them from behind. The chills, the back of their heads, but they are there. Okay, well that's something at least. <laughs> they'll, they'll. I know. I remember they say something eventually in season one, <laughs> maybe soon. Considering that Adora needs like replacement best friend squad for a bit. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Well, we'll again we'll cover the worst actors when they actually have something to say. Which yeah, I mean, I, we've already said one of them is Andy, so we don't really need to cover that one. I don't know. I don't remember which one it is at Andy voice, but we'll get there. <laughs> but yes. Uh, for the general trivia, uh, Castispella is voiced by Sandra O, oh, who also played Ting Ting in Mulan Two. Uh, Dufa in The Land Before Time 13, which I reminded myself that there were like 15 or so Land Before Time movies, and they're still making them, I think. I uh, don't think there's been one recently, but there's definitely more than 15. Oh god, I remember watching that fucking, uh, there was a YouTuber who, like, did, who had COVID, and she's like, I watched all of Land Before Time and ranked them, because I had nothing else to do. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was rough. Uh, there were 14. The latest oh. was February 2nd, 2016, which apparently there were like a, almost a 10-year uh, gap between 13 and 14, so maybe they're not still making them. Maybe they oh, just wow. made one randomly. Yeah, no. Nah, I could weird. have sworn that I remembered watching Land Before Time 16, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, turns out no. Uh, yeah, she also voices Verana in Raya and the Lost Dragon, or Raya and the Lost Dragon. Mm -hmm. I definitely watched that movie, and I don't remember who Verana is. <laughs> Uh, she's also the voice of Ming in Turning Red, uh, Marsha Mitsubishi in the 2011 to 20... Oh, wait, yeah, no, I wrote this wrong. 2011 to 2012 run of The Proud Family. I wrote 2022. That's mm -hmm. my me. Uh, and she's also the voice of Doofenshmirtz's unnamed girlfriend in Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, and, uh... That was a... Tr oh. Listen, that episode... <laughs> I have seen zero Phineas and Ferb. I, the only thing I really know about that show is the meme of uh, Doofenshmirtz, uh, whatever, being like, if I had blank, it would, I would only have two dimes, which is still weird that it happened twice, kind of deal. That's all I know about that show. <laughs> Short version, Doofenshmirtz is an evil scientist. He had a horrible, traumatic childhood and wants to take over the world because of it. However, he also has not really had a lot of relationships in his life. Uh, mm -hmm. He's got an ex-wife, but that's the only person he's ever really cared I, about I, outside I, of his daughter. Yeah, I do know that he apparently does uh, hold good birthdays for his daughter. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, in this particular episode, he builds a machine to uh, destroy love because he's so upset that no one loves him. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And then he falls in love with a girlfriend who is basically the perfect woman for him. And this is the character we're discussing here. Oh, and, gotcha. Uh, 
She's fantastic. It's a wonderful episode. And then at the end of the episode, his love-destroying machine fires, and she just leaves because she suddenly feels nothing for him. Oh, no. <laughs> it's so rude. It's, uh... Goof didn't deserve that. Well, I, I guess uh, Sandra was in one episode of Phineas and Ferb, then. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think also her, like, biggest role, at least on the list that I saw, was she played Christina Yang in Grey's Anatomy, which I really only put here because my mom used to watch that show a lot, so I put I it on there. It's huge. I don't yeah. know it, but it's huge. Yeah, no, same. It's like, eh, never watched it, but I know it's big. Uh, Frosted, by comparison, has a very uh, less well-known voice actress in Merit Layton, who, like I said, she mostly has like minor roles aside from playing Hinako in the localization of Ride Your Wave. It's like an anime movie. Mm -hmm. uh, she's also Hannah in a live-action show called Alexa and Katie. Uh, Lucinda the Witch in Sophia the First, and very amusingly to me, is the voice of T Tornado Warrior and Stone Stackers in Legends of Runeterra. I've never played Legends of Runeterra, I just know the game, and it's just funny to me that she just plays generic cards <laughs> that don't have <laughs> names and just are like creatures. <laughs> that, that is very good, that is true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, oh, there's one other thing I have in here in the trivia that isn't really covered by like old show stuff and like the cameos. Uh, one of Scorpia's dresses that she tries on was inspired by her original design in the original show. It's the one with the green eyeshadow. Nice. Yep. Yeah, that was a neat little thing. I will say, just on a personal note, I really liked this episode for Scorpia. It felt nice to give her a chance to dress up and go to a party. Yeah, she got, like, way more characterization than, like, during her first introductory episode, because, like, with that, she's just like, ah, I'm, I give unconsensual hugs if you don't want them or not. <laughs> and, like... Was kind of a bit of a joke character because he's just like the big, like kind of dumb muscle kind of character, so and it's nice to actually, him, yeah, and it's nice to actually get her like being more of a character in her second appearance to her being like, yeah, no, like this is my whole story, and like it, people kind of suck for treating me different because I'm a big scorpion lady. Mm. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, no, it was just cute to see. She seemed like she got really excited about the dressing up, and that was nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, she was fully into it. A lot of trans flags up in there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like I said, very relatable <laughs> with her dressing up and everything and being a bit embarrassed about it, but then being just all about it once she got some positive reinforcement about it. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about these apps for Scorpia is how much it's it's not allowed to be what she wants it to be and instead it has to be a scheme yeah like it, it's not just like it, it i feel like it would have been actually a better episode if they didn't actually do anything in at the prom it just went to just it'd be more fucked to the rest of the characters for them to show up and do nothing because they're like wait what the, what the fuck are they playing at and meanwhile it's like they're just like no we just wanted to have a nice evening fuck you <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely I, i've said yeah. this full heartedly Mm -hmm. but yeah, that's all the trivia I have. Cause I I feel like we're getting a little bit closer to the point where like it's gonna be a little slower with characters being introduced, in a sense, just oh, because yeah, like for sure we have we ha yeah we have the main cast established at this point, so it's like yeah I'm sure there's like other characters that'll be introduced over time. Like like we said, Double Trouble will eventually show up and everything, but I feel like for the most part it's gonna be less so with I introducing more characters. 
So hey, maybe maybe next uh, maybe next week is when I finally cover the voice actresses for uh, Spinnerella uh, and Natasha. <laughs> Depends if they say anything in episodes nine and ten. <laughs> That would be lovely. But uh, yeah, so if that's all the trivia, let's go ahead and move on to questions. Uh, if you have questions for us, you can send them to us at usweirdoscast on Twitter or usweirdoscast at gmail.com. And I'm really glad I got through that spiel okay, because it's been a while. Uh, yep. We have a couple questions this week uh, from Aurora Borealis at Casey Cosmos on Twitter. What are you wearing to Princess Prom? Question feels very similar to when we were ex what we'd be wearing the Grom. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Uh I'm trying to think if my like answer has really changed since then. Cause I like, remember I said like kinda like a like a like fancier like kind of robe or something to that. Cause same at the time I'm like I definitely wouldn't be wearing a suit because I'm done with that stuff. Goodbye, never again. Uh I don't know. I guess it's. I guess this depends on what's the time frame here. Is this is this princess prom gonna be a decade from now when I'm like way further into my own transition that I could confidently wear a dress because of like having surgeries and stuff, or is this more like it's happening like this weekend or something? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I would assume right now since that's what the question is, but also like you're in a theory uh, where there's no homophobia, so true, true. There is that. <laughs> And yeah, I think in that case, I do go full dress or something and say, fuck it. Nice. Um, before when we talked about Grom, I definitely mentioned my uh, sleeveless tuxedo vest things. Or not mm -hmm. tuxedo vest, but like the long vests. And that's definitely something I would wear to Grom. But maybe not to Princess Prom, because this seems like a much more formal affair. So for yeah. this, I'm thinking something more along the lines of Billy Porter's famous tuxedo dress, because I just really like that look. Oh, right. Yes, I remember seeing that. <laughs> yeah, it's rad. Yeah, it definitely feels like Princess Prom is, like, way more of a, like, formal affair than Grom, because, I mean, like, Grom is, like, very much, like, it's a bunch of teenagers. I mean, I guess this is also a bunch of teenagers, but it's, like, it's teenagers... Yeah, it's teenage. It's teenagers who are heads of state on a world scale compared to it's just a bunch of kids at a school. Yeah, for sure. Having have, having to watch one of their classmates fight a nightmare monster. <laughs> and that's the other. You know, thing as, as you do, as you do when you go to prom. Yeah. but I mean, that's the other thing about princess prom, right? Is that you're not expected to fight a nightmare monster, so you don't get to dress practical to fight a monster. Yeah, there, there is also that. <laughs> but yeah, um. Aurora also asks, what power would your cool magic gemstone have? <laughs> uh, Shapeshifting? Just to be the faster trans uh, transition, I guess. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I don't know. I was kind of thinking more along the lines of, like... So, like, a uh, 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 Double Trouble who we haven't met yet, is a shapeshifter. They, they can just do that without uh, runestone power. So I was kind of thinking maybe a runestone power to shapeshift other people. Mm. That... It's for everyone. Yeah, I, I guess, but also I could see that being used in a very, like, unconsenting manner. <laughs> 
Well, I guess it depends on how broad it is, because, like, to use it in combat, if you could turn someone into a frog instead of another gender, I think would be much more appropriate. True. Yeah, true. If you, if you basically just have, like, polymorph yeah, <laughs> as yeah. a power. Just yeah. the ability to cast that one spell. <laughs> Rather than the uh, the home the house ruled uh, like homebrew HRT spell that they used on uh, not back in Critical Role. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, I'm glad that that spell exists. It makes it easier to change your body permanently in the game now. But also, yeah. uh, you do have to have a hundred pounds of mud to cast it. So you do need a hundred pounds of mud. Yeah, I remember that part. That <laughs> I've seen that. I, I, I haven't really watched much critical, but I have seen that scene, and it's like, oh yeah, like not as basically. Or I guess at that point, Veth is really just like fucking caked in mud, and they have to break around. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> so that would not be the most useful runestone power if you required a hundred pounds of mud to. It's kind of like it's kind of like one of those like really impractical things in D anD D that the, you never really think about the like mechanics of it with just your character having that much stuff on them. Like I remember seeing in the uh, in Tasha's book of uh, Cauldron of Everything, there's that uh, like uh, the cauldron item that I think both warlocks and druids can attune to. It's like they like, yeah. use as like a focus and everything, but you can also like put a body in it and cover with like uh, it's like two hundred pounds of salt or something like that. And like if you keep it like that for like a day or whatever like the salt is like dissolved by the body and brings it back to life mm -hmm. and it's like just imagining like the D&D &D group being like oh well the cleric died we gotta go to the general store now and buy up all the salt in town that will ever come through this town for the next two years to well, get them back up and running like you're not wrong but is it really any different to find a diamond worth a thousand gold points I, I guess, yeah. I guess it's just, I guess it's just like the diamond I can see is like it being a thing that a dragon found and kept because it's shiny, compared to the party going and being like, I need two hundred pounds of salt to like a person at a general store. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, uh, it's, it's just goofy. And then, and then imagining like a bunch of people having to carry two pounds, two hundred pounds of salt to this little cauldron. <laughs> But they then, then proceed to pour onto a friend's body. <laughs> like, I haven't used the corpse part of it, but I've certainly carried 200 pounds of salt. There are uh, <laughs> saltwater pools. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you also have a bag of holding, it's, like, not as much a thing. But it's, like, it's just still a very funny image. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, before we get too far afield, uh, those were all our questions from Aurora, so thank you so much for sending those in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Aurora, as always. And, uh... I mean, normally that would take us to transformation count, but, uh... But they keep skipping it! <laughs> or not including it! Yeah, uh. I don't know what's up with this. Like, the whole point of a transformation sequence is to eat up animation time so you don't have to pay for as exactly. much animation, and they're not doing it. <laughs> Did they just exactly. have a budget on this show? What happened? <laughs> they got that DreamWorks money. They they got that Shrek money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I get that, like, obviously, like, it's, like, just funny timing. <laughs> I'm sure it's gonna come up a lot in the show. It's just that it's amusing to me that it's, like, it's shown up, like, in its entirety only three times so far in the course of eight episodes. <laughs> yeah. I guess on some level it's gonna depend on what you count, right? Because... Like, there are costume changes later down the line. I'm not going to mm -hmm. spoil anything about that, but, 
like. I, I think I have seen the slight change in Shiro's design, yeah. Yeah, I think there are a couple slight changes in Shiro's design, so my point here being, does that transformation sequence count, or is that a separate... It, it has to be the, exactly the same animation, so if her outfit's changed, it, it's changed then, right? It's different. Yeah, I guess that's fair, but, like, if they... Because they don't change the transformation sequence, they just, you know, alter the costume right, that's but, being but applied to her. But... Yeah, that's still slightly different animation, though, if her outfit's different, so I'm, I'm not going to count it, I guess. Well, okay. <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. That's going to throw off your has count be, for a lot. Has, has to be exactly the same. I'll have two different counts. I'll have count that includes Shira redesign and count that does not include Shira redesign, <laughs> and we'll see what the percentages are like by contrast. Yeah, that, this, is way, this is way more effort than should be done for every Watch podcast. <laughs> Yeah, to but do you math. started a bit, and then they took it away from you. <laughs> exactly, and now it's become more of a bit. <laughs> that was the principle of the matter. That is why I gotta continue. Okay. Um. Well, I think that's pretty much everything I've got for tonight. Have you? How are you doing? Yeah, Dad. Got anything else? Okay. Well. Uh. In that case, you can find me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket. Uh. Mostly, I'm just retweeting things these days, furiously retweeting. Mm-hmm. I think I've made, like, five original tweets in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely feels like that at times for my feed as well, just, like, if I look at what I've actually, like, sent as an actual tweet myself mm-hmm. compared to just retweeting a bunch of stuff about all the posts that gone on in the world. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, have also recently started a uh, co-host page which I can't post on yet because you got to wait until your account is unlocked, but there I am at nobody. I don't know how much I'm going to use it, but I wanted to make sure mm-hmm. I could get that handled because that is choice. Yeah, I, I also made a, a co-host. I just I, I got at Chloe Phil because uh, the only reason why I'm Chloe Phil Chaos on Twitter is because somebody already had Chloe Phil. So I sniped that from them because screw them. <laughs> whoever, whoever actual normal Chloe Phil is. I took it from you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm trying to see if, what actual, like, normal tweets I have. I guess, like, the, well, I mean, it's like, it's less about the bullshit going on, but I did retweet that, uh, that just become a crab <laughs> image. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's just, like, being, like, too many bills to pay and not liking your current life, become a crab. <laughs> <laughs> No responsibility. Oh. Snip, snip, snip. That would be. Yeah, nice. no. Yeah, but no, like, not, not. I'm just going down my feed to see like what I've actually like sent, and it's mostly just retweets about stuff, and it's like it's really not anything that I've sent on my own. <laughs> <laughs> Where okay. is? I have a tweet somewhere here, I think. Oh yeah, the 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 last time that I actually sent out myself was five days ago, which is just that gif of the guillotine and an anime swinging down. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, there you go. That's uh, that's the commentary you can expect from me. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I think we can go into the close with just a little bit of hope because Amity is currently trending in Canada. So. <laughs> there we oh, go. why not? <laughs> Is there anything, like, good on there? Is it just, like, fan art, or what? It's just fan art. People like her. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's fair. People people like our, uh, our gay abomination queen. Yes. 
But yeah, until next time, I think there's not much left to say, but uh, remember, us weirdos have, to, have together. to stick together. Bye. Bye.